Hi ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so, so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Well, yesterday we took a look at Joshua as God called him to get up and go to take the children of Israel into the promised land. Verse 10 of chapter 1 says that Joshua commanded the officers of the people and said, Get prepared because in three days we are going to pass over the Jordan River and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord will give us to possess. Then, if you remember with Moses, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe of Manasseh took the land on the east side, which used to be the Amorites and the plains of Moab. But now these tribes have it, and it's called Jordan. These two and a half tribes promised to go and fight with the rest of Israel until they all had received their portion of the land, and that they were all at rest. Then the people say to Joshua, As we listen to Moses in all things, so we will listen to you as long as the Lord your God is with you. Hopefully they will obey better with Joshua than with Moses. Remember, Moses called these people a stiff-necked people, meaning a stubborn people. In chapter 2, verse 1, we see the Israelites are in a town called Shittim. Joshua sends out two spies, which are unnamed, And they go and check out the land, especially the town of Jericho. They went and came into the house of a prostitute named Rahab, and they lodged there. Now one time I heard a pastor preach and say that Rahab was not really a prostitute, but he was wrong. The Bible says, a harlot or a whore. And one thing I love, love, love about the Bible is that it does not sugarcoat the world. There are no rosy colored glasses in the Bible. We are all a mess. And the Bible shows it that way. Why? Because our sin is as black as can be. That is why we need a Savior. What does Joshua's name mean? The Lord saves. What does Jesus' name mean? The Lord saves. Even when our sin is as black as can be, because of Jesus, we can be white as snow. Well, the king of Jericho learned about the spies from some unnamed tattletales, and the king sent word to Rahab, Bring out the men, for they have come to search out our land. But Rahab took the men and hid them under stalks of flax on the roof, and then she lied and said that they had already left. The men from the king went the way Rahab had sent them, and the city gates were closed behind them. Then in verse 9, it says, Rahab said to the Israelite spies, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that terror has fallen on us and we are faint because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the Red Sea when coming out of Egypt and how you destroyed the Amorites and kings of Sion and Og on the other side of the Jordan. And our hearts did melt, and no one has any courage because of you. For the Lord your God, he is the God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Now therefore I pray, swear to me by the Lord, since I showed kindness to you, that you will do the same to me and my father's house, and give me a true token of this promise. The unnamed Israelite spies answered, 
our lives for your lives, as long as each side kept their word. She let them down the window, for her house was on the city wall. She told them to go to the mountain and hide for three days, and then the king's pursuers will be back, and then you can safely be on your way. They told her to place this line of scarlet thread in the window, which was what she let them down in, and then that she is to bring all of her family into her house, and only those that are safe in her home will be saved. Rahab sent the men on their way, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Now let me pause here to talk about how we interpret scripture. I have heard some pastors say that the red cord represents the blood of the doorpost at Passover, which means that it represents Jesus' blood, and that the way that Rahab was saved was because of the blood of Christ. This type of interpretation is called typology. It is a type of Christ, and we need to be very careful of this type of interpretation because it is easy to make the Bible say what we want it to say. Before we make any declaration like that, we should make sure that we have scriptures to back it up. It is okay to say this reminds me of, or that is interesting, but we honestly cannot say that the scriptures say that this red cord is Jesus's blood. For example, do you remember another time in the Old Testament that a red cord was mentioned? I remembered it was a woman who had twins and the first child's arm came out and the midwife tied a red cord on his wrist and then the hand went back in and the other child was born and then the one with the red cord finally came out. But I couldn't remember who was the mom. Well, her name is Tamar and the dad is Judah and this is found in Genesis chapter 38, especially verse 28. Now, if we go to the New Testament line of Jesus' birth in Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, we see that Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Tamar is the first woman mentioned in the line of Jesus' genealogy. And then in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 1, we see the second woman that is mentioned in Christ's lineage, Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Interesting. The first two women in the line of Jesus both have a red cord mentioned in the Old Testament. Now to me that says so much more because we see how a scarlet cord ties these two women together and we can see it from the book of Matthew chapter 1. This gives us scriptural references to cling to. That, ladies, has power. This also gives us a clue about what happens to Rahab in the story. The two men return to Joshua and say, Truly the Lord has delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants faint because of us. In chapter 3, Israel crosses the Jordan River. The Ark of the Covenant, representing God's presence and his power, was carried by the priest who would go first. And the people were to stand back a distance because God is holy and they are never to touch the Ark of the Covenant. Then when the Ark of the Covenant moves, then the people will move. Joshua told the people to sanctify or set apart or clean themselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. 
Ladies, when was the last time that the Lord did wonders among you? Then God told Joshua that he will show the people that as he had been with Moses, so shall he be with Joshua. Then verse 15 shares that the Jordan River overflowed the banks during the harvest season. What that means is for the priests that were carrying the Ark of the Covenant on the poles that God had directed them, they did not just gently wade into the river. The water was high, and to take that first step was definitely a step of faith. But this generation believed, and as those priests stepped into the mighty waters, the waters rose up and they were able to pass on dry ground. The ark stayed in the middle of the river until everyone had quickly passed over. And then chapter 4, God directs Joshua to take the 12 men from the 12 tribes and they take 12 stones from the river so that, in verse 6 of chapter 4, they may be a sign among you that when the children ask their fathers in the time to come saying, what do these stones mean? And they could tell their children how God had stopped the Jordan River so that they could pass through. Then verse 9 says that Joshua set up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests bore the Ark of the Covenant. And those stones are there until this day, which means this day that the book was written, not this day in which we live. One thing that Dr. Ray Vanderlaan shared in the video series that the world may know is that so far none of the standing stones described in the Old Testament have yet been found. Then verse 14 says that on that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. Then God commanded that the priests were to come out of the river. And verse 18 says, And the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up onto the dry land. Then the waters of the Jordan returned unto their place and flowed over the banks as they did before. The people settled that night on the west side of the Jordan River at Gilgal, which is on the east border of Jericho. And there they placed the twelve stones. And not only were the Israelites to talk about how God let them pass through the Jordan River, but they were also to mention how God had brought them through the Red Sea and how they were freed from Egypt over 40 years ago. And they were to tell the story so that the people on earth might know the hand of the Lord, that God's hand is mighty, so that they might fear the Lord their God forever. In chapter 5, we see that before they started the process of taking the land, they needed to make sure all the men were circumcised. Again, this is a sign of the covenant between God and Abraham way before the law came into view. And they stayed until everyone was healed. Then verse 9 says, The Lord said to Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. In other words, they were no longer slaves. They camped at Gilgal. They observed the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening in the plains of Jericho. Then verse 12 says that the manna, that what is this kind of bread, stopped the very next morning. They now began to eat of the fruit of the land. 
Then in verses 14 and 15, Joshua has an encounter with the angel of the Lord. There was a man with a sword drawn and Joshua went to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? And I love his answer. Neither. And I think this is because God is for all people who will come to him, whichever side, such as Rahab. But as captain of the host of the Lord, I have now come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship. And he said, what does my Lord say unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's army said, take off your shoes for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Do you remember when God spoke to Moses at the burning bush? God commanded Moses to do the same thing. Take off your shoes for the place where you are is holy ground. Wherever God is, is holy. And it bothers me greatly that so many in the American churches have lost the fact that God is holy and that he demands things from us. Ladies, when was the last time, if ever, that you fell on your face before a holy God? And just a note, I only do this in my home or at church when no one is there. Do you realize that as a Christian, we are a servant of the Lord? A servant does service. We don't just go to church to be filled up. We are called by God to serve him. So how are you doing that? Like the priest of this story, is there a leap of faith that God is calling you to do? Remember, just like with Joshua, if God is calling you, God is also equipping you for the task that he has set before you. Do you have any standing stones that you need to share with your family or friends? One thing that is clear is that we are here so that the world will know that there is a God Almighty and that he has a mighty outstretched arm. Are we telling anybody of the great things that God has done? And lastly, are you like Rahab? a woman with a past, and you think you can't be redeemed or forgiven. If Rahab the prostitute can not only be brought into the fold of Israel, she also had children which led to the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Through her seed, the Messiah was born. In the prophet Isaiah's book, chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. God made a way, and that way is Jesus. So ladies, if you hear his voice today, let's not harden our hearts Instead, let's be women who obey like Rahab. Until next time, and thank you so, so much for listening.